welcome to the aggressive life. You know, I've said this many, many times here. We're, we're trying to be a bit of a different podcast. If you're just trying to do what everybody else is, do, is doing, you really don't need to exist. This podcast isn't about like interesting, cool ideas, though we do have some interesting, cool ideas. Uh, it's about movement. It's about pushing yourself to get up and go. Stop waiting for things. Stop waiting. And instead, try to improve things. Put the sweat in to make it happen. Today, we're going to talk with a guy who has put the sweat in, and it's created a bit of a cascade effect in his life. Um, kind of excited to get to know this guy a little bit today. I just, just uh, met him for the first time just now. Harvey Lewis is endurance. He is get up and I got to go. He's a record-setting ultra-marathon runner and adventurer. He routinely pushed himself to the limits. How would he put him push himself to the limits? Well, putting one foot in front of the other. We could spend the rest of our time going through his race highlights, Badwater Ultra-Marathon in Death Valley, Big Dog Backyard Ultra, a race that has no finish. This has got to be the sickest thing I've ever read about. No finish, a four-mile course, the first person to stop loses, the last person to stop wins. He completed 85 laps, 354 mile, you sick wacko you. This year, Harvey took part in the world-famous Barkley Marathons, which I highly recommend as a documentary, which I've seen before. It's the hardest ultra marathon in the world. Only 15 runners have ever finished, and he'll fill us in on how he did done. I could just go on the who's who thing of all the things he's done. He's actually here in my hometown in Cincinnati. He teaches at the Creative Center for Performing Arts, Harvey Lewis. Wow. Hey, it's so awesome to be here, Brian. Thank you for that amazing introduction. And uh, it's great to share that same hometown. Yeah, man, it sure is. So you come in, you got the classic ultra marathoner physique. You were lean, mean, and ready to run like right now. Like, like what's your body fat? Oh, I, I don't know. Honestly, as, as ultra runners, we don't want to have like a minimal body fat because we actually like, like really use that reserve when we're going up more than 100 miles. Uh, so it, 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 you don't really think that much about it. I never like even like check it. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't always built this way. <laughs> it's just been like crafting and, and polishing the craft for years and decades. I mean, I was actually more like, if you've seen the film Goonies, I was like Chunk in Goonies when I was growing up. Really? Yeah, and I've just kind of just been chipping away at it for years and years. And, and it's incredible because this last year, after 25 years of ultra running, was my, my by far best year of ultra running my whole entire life. You know, it's just really kind of cool that you can do something like that, where if I was put my 20-year-old self uh, next to my 45-year-old self, my 45-year-old my self would just destroy my 20-year-old self. That's so it's wild. kind of wild how that's that even is. possible. Well, you talked about just chipping away at it. I just got done listening to a podcast on metabolism, which actually bummed me out. Sometimes you hear the latest on science and you just don't like what science says. And it, what it said, this, this researcher said, is that there's nothing we can do to control our metabolism, nothing. And in fact, you can work out all you want and you'll burn calories while you work out. But if you really want to lose weight, it's got to be through your diet and or very long-term incremental changes to where when we trick our metabolism – because if you just jack up your metabolism or back, jack up your, your exercise rate, your metabolism says, oh, folks, we're burning too many calories. Let's slow it down. I was like, wow, that's why people, according to research, like on Greatest Loser, they lose all this weight, but their metabolism says, aha, I got gotcha. you. It's got to be long, sustainable changes. So that's basically you, you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, I definitely don't approach things with like a fatalist a mindset. My mindset is always that we have power over our experiences. So when did you start on this? Like, when did you, did you just like start running recreationally and say, oh, I want to do a 10K, oh, I want to do a marathon or what? What was the progression like? Yeah, well, it really kind of started back in uh, middle school. Uh, in high school, I like, 
I just went out and I ran. I was running to try and get ready for football, and I was so terrible at football. I was like on the third string, like defensive line. And uh, but I I kind of liked the idea of, of like the workout. Like I actually liked when the coach was like, "All right, guys, go do like umpteen laps." So I I liked that aspect of pushing myself. And I found that like I wasn't uh, success, as successful like in shorter events, but if it was something that took more like endurance, that I felt like well I could do better in it. But uh, it just started. I jumped into the Cleveland Marathon when I was 15, like just on a, on a whim. It was like 10 days before the race, and I told my mom, "Hey, I, I want to do this." And fortunately, she she was agreeable to it. And so I, I jumped into that, and that kind of was like a one one you just, place. No train, just jumped uh, into it. I had run up to like eight miles before in the fast, so it was a, it was a different difficult endeavor. But that uh, laid the foundation, and then I, I did at age twenty a my first ultra marathon, which is any race longer than a marathon, and it was a twenty four hour race. And so in that race, my goal was to just keep going the whole time, whether it was walking or running. And I ended up finishing with like 81.25 miles. And then the wild thing is just in 2019, I was uh, representing the Team USA in the World Championship of the 24-hour race. Wow. And I ran over 160 miles in 24 hours. So it was like kind of neat that I almost doubled what I did at 20 when I was uh, 43. And I feel like I still can get better at this, Like, which is kind of amazing how you can do that sort of thing. So what, yeah. what is it? I'll just speak for some of our listeners, and I'll speak for myself a few years ago. I, I don't necessarily believe this anymore, but dude, that's stupid ass. What <laughs> yeah. the hell are you doing? Get yeah. a life. Come it, on, man. That is, that is, why, why would you do that? It sounds uh, stupid ass, probably for most, <laughs> a lot of Americans feel that way. And I'm glad you said <laughs> yes, that because. So tell us how uh, we're stupid ass yeah. judging you. When, we're judging you. When I first like went out to that race, I thought, man, this seems pretty stupid ass. <laughs> what am I thinking? I would never do this race. Uh, but it, it's, uh, it, it is like a, an incredible experience because in, in our life today, we, we've gotten very comfortable with uh, just having everything at our at our doorstep. So, I mean, we are very comfortable. We live, you know, we don't have to spend much time outdoors. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people maybe don't spend much time outdoors at all. And, and it's so good for our health to be outdoors. And, uh, you know, the idea of, of pushing ourselves to be uncomfortable actually uh, for a little while actually makes uh, often makes that experience of being comfortable uh, even more in, incredible. So like what I mean by that is like after I've been running for 100 miles, it's like if you're camping for three days, the food is just the most incredible food you've ever had in your whole life. You know, and you also you get into this meditative state where you really uh, get to like uh, peel back your, your, your layers and think about what is truly important to you in this world. So that that's some of the stuff that happens when you're you're out there running for 24 hours uh, around the lake and you see like just the sun go up and go down and you see the stars come out and you're all this time moving so it's it's incredible that we have reserves of power that most people uh are unaware of and don't tap into but it's it's part of our DNA That's that's really good. So I'm I'm hearing you say it's the holistic experience. It's not necessarily holistic thing. What it does for your life, not necessarily just the 145 mile run. Though you you do enjoy the 145 mile yeah. run, or, or how much of it is <laughs> yeah. pain? Like on that on those ultra marathons, yeah. how much of it just you're just dealing with pins up inside of your toenails, kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, it's uh, you condition your body, so. You you develop this uh, resilience to uh, to a point where you really don't feel pain the same way, uh, it, discomfort. So yeah, if I'm running like uh, last summer, I was running the Badwater 135, and it's a 135 mile race in the hottest place on earth in California. It it goes uh, from the uh, 282 or 282 feet below sea level to Mount Whitney Portal, and like. In the, the last uh, one-third of the race, I was feeling totally uh, dehydrated a bit and just felt uncomfortable. Um, but what was kind of remarkable about that is just working through that 
feeling of discomfort and how you can go through that low and then uh, getting more nutrition into my body and keeping a positive mindset and then seeing the, uh, the, the leader within grasp, like that could actually catch him, just sparked me. And then I had like this fighter jet fly over me and I just was like in, a, in the center of a concert or something in terms of like the adrenaline. Uh, you know, I just lit me up. Uh, I had no feeling of discomfort whatsoever. And I, I never take really? any painkillers uh, while I'm running these races. Like I rely on uh, relaxation, like breathing, uh, listening to music. In some races, I'm allowed to listen to music. In some races, you can't do that. Uh, but uh, in like putting the, the, the positive words into my mind, I can dissociate like discomfort, but I don't run through like certain things. Like I'm not gonna, you know, uh, run through an injury per se. Uh, but uh, how old are you right now? I'm 45. So are injuries for increasing? one more day? Yeah. Oh, one <laughs> more, more day. day right. Yes. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. I'm gonna sing the whole thing no, for no, you. No. <laughs> so 45. Do you find that your injuries are increasing or not? Right? Not. No. Not at all. In fact, I have zero injuries whatsoever. I, I do have like some things that help me out a lot. Like I have uh, an active release therapy guy who, who's amazing, lives in town, Andy Shutterly. And I really believe if you have like someone who works on your body like that, like a sports massage or, or some physical therapist, you, you can really uh, deal with a lot of the things that might come up. Listening to your body, rotating your shoes, uh, your nutrition is really critical as well. Rotating your shoes. Yeah, just like, uh, you know, uh, back in the day, I used to be kind of stubborn and just try to run the shoes to the very, like, bare, you know, just run them for as many miles as humanly possible. And you can get more injuries if you don't rotate, like, buy new shoes. Okay, buy it's new like, shoes. Yeah, don't have three shoes. No, that you, you could do that, too. I mean, like, that's one strategy. But just uh, getting new shoes is, is smart. I mean, like, it's like a car. Like, a, if you're going to invest, a lot of people think, oh, I need to get new t tires on my car. But... Like having like good uh, shoes is really important. Uh, I've had no, I have no issues. It's incredible. Yeah, like it's wild to not have any injuries. But I do have to you know care for myself, for sure. Well, I was I was poking fun at you before for what you don't uh, have done, and I know a lot of people like scratch their heads at it. But I I don't necessarily anymore because you know the things that I've been learning over the last. I don't know, several years, 10 years or something like that, I've just become more and more in tune to the medicinal the medicinal nature of our culture that numbs us out and doesn't want us to feel. And what I see now, ultra marathoners, you, which I, I really have no interest in doing that for a variety of reasons, maybe we'll get into, but I really respect it because I now see a guy who's trying to feel your... You're trying to feel a burn. You're trying to feel a challenge. You mentioned you got to see sunrise, sunset. I mean, I, I look at it differently before, right? I just thought it was this is somebody who has a who has a vendetta for pain, and now I say, no, you're you're trying to feel. How, yes, no. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, the Barkley race, for example, is a race I just did. A yeah, let's month talk ago. about this. There's a and, there's a there's yeah. a thing on uh, was it Amazon or Netflix? Yeah, it's which on is Amazon, it there? Netflix. There's, Prime? Oh, it's on Amazon yeah, Prime? There, there's uh, two films. Uh, one, they, it goes back to 2012, and then another one that's uh, uh, Barkley, Where Dreams Go to Die. And both are really phenomenal films. Like, they're, they actually have a, a great amount of humor in them, and you'll, you'll probably be entertained. Uh, but Laz is the race director, and some people think, well, this guy is, like, masochistic. Like, he's got this race that is just so crazy because you have to climb the equivalent of Mount Everest twice and a little bit more than that in 60 hours if you survive and you got to descend that amount and you have to like uh, do this in the Tennessee mountains uh, it's in uh, Frozen Head State Park which in early March mid-March is like uh, it can be nice in the daytime it, it sometimes you can get snow but a lot of times it's right at 33 degrees and rain like just just incredible rain and it just it's really a tough race so i mean you have to go through uh all kinds of obstacles and uh you know it, it for me it's like and I, how many it, people have started and how many people finished this 40 race people uh started every year 
No one has finished in the last five years. Wow. So this year we had 40 people. Most of them were, we had the majority were from overseas. Uh, the, yeah, the... I'll stop right there. Only 40. So they cut it off at 40? Yeah, that's like the tradition. Huh. It's like uh, a race that's, it goes back in the it's Who do they 86. decide is in, the most qualified or just the it, people they like? Last chooses the people. It's based on serious qualification. And then also you have to, uh, there's, uh, you have to write a, a, a special like uh, essay to Laz uh, asking or you know, telling him why you think he should choose you, um, basically. Um, and so, I mean, he, he could, there's actually one runner he typically chooses once a year that is considered the sacrificial lamb and they have no reason <laughs> to be there. So I thought maybe I might get that this year. Who knows? Um, but I, I got to be in the race because I had won the Biggs Backyard, but I fell down probably 20 times because the, the, the mountains are so steep and you're not running on trails. You're actually running in this race off trail like 70% of the time. So I never think about pain like or discomfort i mean I, I know some runners do but like for me i like i just totally it doesn't even like factor into my thinking like i don't even think about it like it, it, it maybe for the first couple of days after the race happened this year and no one finished i was like yeah, i don't know if i really want to go back to that race just because you really do beat yourself up there but uh i kind of forgot those memories and just remembered the pleasant memories yeah. of like seeing like the other runners and the the woods and uh, just the books. It's kind of exciting to find one of these How far books. did you get then? I got one and a half laps, which is basically each lap is about a marathon. Okay. And it's five laps total. So if you don't make it in each lap in 12 hours, you basically uh, cannot complete all five laps. Okay. So I, I, another runner and I, we got to like one and a half laps in. And we couldn't find the book. There's these books that are hidden out in the wilderness that Laz gives you clues to get to uh, or the d instructions, and they're marked on the map. But it was one we thought we knew, and we just couldn't find it. Wow. So, and then it was raining and like 33 degrees, and we were both getting really chilled because we slowed down looking for this book. <laughs> and so we just uh, headed back to camp. And it still took us like three and a half hours to get back. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's a very difficult, like, journey for sure so looking back on it are you glad you did it are you upset that you didn't do better are you patting yourself in the back that you actually went for it what, what how do you feel about that yeah yeah so it, it's a it last creates this it's kind of fun because he creates something that's like really nearly impossible to complete so a lot of the runners I mean, most of the runners who come are really successful runners who are, are used to like winning or succeeding so for us to like not do even that great, I mean, maybe relative to like, you know, our initial goal, it, it could be uh, destroy you, like maybe because it, mm. this is like a big uh, thing for a lot of runners, our ultra runners, like the, the Barkley race is like one of the, um, but uh, I, I was happy with like the experience. Like I, I was happy that I got to go out there and at least I got to do a lap and uh, I learned a lot um, because uh, it's... It, Everything about the race is very secretive. So I learned uh, about how we train differently for the race. And uh, I learned how to orienteer a bit. Like I, you have to like find where these places are on the map. And I'd never had that skill before. So it really sharpened my mind for thinking that way because I, I've never had to really like uh, deal with that sort of yeah. thing out in the wild and in its dark and like, you know, it's pouring rain and it's foggy and you got to find where you're going for the next spot is, is challenging. I, yeah, it's really challenging. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that before. It's that really <clears> difficult. Someone who does an ultra marathon has such amazing stick that what you start, you always finish. And so to put you into a thing where people are not finishing, that's like a first, Right? Is it, yeah. What, what yeah. kind of uh, job does that do on your your self esteem or on your outlook on life? Or is that, yeah. or is that uh, why the guy has it? He's trying to bless people with the taste of failure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Last last messes with us. So I fortunately have other big races this year that uh, I'm excited for. So it it didn't entirely you know like uh, I, I'm I'm a little disappointed for sure because I, I put like five months of training into it. And I and I and I just uh, 
I made some mistakes that I felt like I could have done better with. Like one was I didn't wear enough apparel. I didn't have enough like clothing in my backpack to deal with like 33 degrees and pouring rain. Like that's not that big of a deal. But if you're out there for like hours and hours and hours and my gloves were inundated with like just soaking wet and also just not taking a bearing. Like it was that simple. I should have taken a bearing when I was coming down a mountain and I was just like going off of like, oh, I, I know this. I got this. So it's a learning lesson. And I think that's one of the great things about these ultras as well. Even doing something new, like the Barkley was totally new in a lot of ways for me. Uh, having to do the orienteering and this amount of climbing is like challenging yourself. Can It can make you like uh, stronger, like overall and dealing with other challenges in life. So these experiences you have, this difficulty, this pain you put yourself through, this uh, ability to be disciplined and do the same thing again and again, the ability to uh, deal with droning on of the sameness over and over again. I'm just trying to put myself in my mind if I'm like an ultra marathon and the kind of stuff you gotta, you have to experience and learn to overcome. How have you seen these practices, disciplines, experiences roll over into other parts of your life? Yeah, I have a very calm temperament, uh, like really all the time. Like uh, it's really difficult to get me agitated. Like, I mean, I'm really laid back. And I mean, if I have a stressful day, I just go out for a run. It's like great therapy is free. Mm. <laughs> and it's just... So that, that's been one way. Hey, honey, I'll see you in about 10 hours. Right. I'm just going to go out for a run. She might not be too happy <laughs> about that one, uh, for sure. Um, it, it also influences my mindset. So, uh, for example, like uh, with teaching, I, I have a mindset that every single one of my students should be uh, successful. I, I just expect that every single one of my students uh, can learn and is uh, they may have like challenges like I had. But I believe that they all can succeed at whatever you know, they want to pursue. So uh, it, it kind of influences the way I look at people as well. And uh, I, I, sometimes I see things that people can do that they don't see in themselves. Oh, that's sweet. You mentioned you have other things that you do in life beyond this. Like, How do you have time for anything else and what are these things? Uh, well, it, it can be challenging. Uh, yeah, I, I like uh, one of my other big passions is, is uh, traveling. My goal is to, to travel to all the countries in the world. I've been to 102 now. So I just came back from Cyprus uh, last, last weekend. And, uh, it, and I, I'm very happy that I can kind of like... Uh, combine that with running and also with my teaching because I, I oftentimes bring those experiences back into my classroom and share what I learned like from the countries I visit. So that's, that's a neat thing. And uh, adventures with my, uh, all my family members and friends, you know, my, my dad and I, we've, we've uh, done some really neat things with you like canoeing trips mm. up into the Boundary Waters of Minnesota. And we, we also had this adventure on that Appalachian Trail. So uh, that was... Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so basically, uh, my dad, uh, and he, he agreed to support me on the Appalachian Trail uh, with a journey trying to get the fastest known time from Georgia to Maine. And uh, basically, we went for the supported record, which meant that I was carrying very light gear every day. And I was sleeping in the uh, electrician's van that uh, a friend of ours at Lennon in Cincinnati and my dad would drive the van from point to point uh, along the trail and he was phenomenal I mean he would make like my oatmeal or make soup so I uh, like pastas all kinds of things feed the runners and the hikers that were coming through the trail as well as myself and it was just a really special experience how long yeah. did it take you it took me f just right under 50 days 50 days yeah. running from Georgia to Maine, the, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it hiking as well. Like usually when you're going up the hill, you're hiking. And when you're going down the hill, you're, you're trying to run unless it's a super technical area. If it's a flat area, you're running. Uh, but uh, yes, it, and it's very difficult. Like uh, 
it, it's very mountainous. I mean, you, you basically climb the equivalent of Mount Everest every three days at that rate. Really? Yeah, about 10,000 I've heard some of it is really intense, like boulders on all fours kind of stuff. There is a couple little spots like that in the White Mountains. Like, it's beautiful in the White Mountains. It's, it's really a treasure in our country. And it's really a special cultural experience because, I mean, you— that people that are going there and like uh, getting high like, and walking, it's your yeah, cultural experience. Yeah, not, not, just... yeah, they're getting natural high. And then the people that come out, like there's these trail angels that they come out and they actually give people like food and drinks along the route. It's it's pretty impressive, very impressive. Like just the, the community that's created there. I mean, it'd be actually a really neat place for you to go with uh, when your your camps that you organize. Yeah. What's the record? How did you do with trying to beat the record? Well, I did not get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I ended up with like, uh, I think the eighth fastest time at the, that time. And uh, Joe um, uh, Stringbean had, had had the record at that point. Stringbean? Yes, Stringbean. That's his, that's his nickname or his little that's name? That's his nickname. That's his uh, trail name. Uh, and he, in fact, married a, another Cincinnatian. So he's he's based out and now they're they're out out of the state. But um, but yeah, it, w- it was just a, a an incredible experience. Uh, this share with my father as well. Uh, it it really pushed both of us. And seeing like uh, how well he did at uh, being like seventy nine and, yeah. and driving on these rural roads and having to find like the next like. Little intersection in the middle of nowhere in, in Maine. I mean, it's impressive. Speaking of beans, you operate on a plant-based diet. Yes, yes. Is that common for ultra marathoners? I would say it's more common. Like, it, there's a higher percentage. Uh, just like if you go to different states, you're gonna find like a higher percentage of like plant-based, like on the coastlines or out in Colorado. Um, but yeah, amongst ultra runners, it's not uh, the majority by any means. That's not the majority. No, but there there was definitely I think uh, maybe uh, it's probably double the national like average at least, or maybe more than that. Uh, when I was in Cyprus, I ran into two other trail runners just in this uh, going up Mount Olympus, and they both happened to be uh, one was vegan, one was vegetarian. And the only other people I saw running out there. So it's like kind of a thing all around the world to most trail runners. Um, but what, with me, I find it's just uh, my capacity to recover. We had mentioned like injuries, like my capacity to recover is accelerated. Interesting. Yeah. Just like the, the dairy has uh, things in it that cause inflammation. And so like just getting more fresh foods in your body. And even if you move a little bit more that direction and you just try to get more you know, colorful greens and fruits and vegetables and beans and nuts and all those things into your body, like it, it can do a lot of positive good for you. Um, I have a friend in Cincinnati who you, you got to get him on the show. He's Mike Fremont. He's 100. He just turned 100 last month and he still uh, bikes, or not bikes, but runs uh, three times a week, uh, five miles. And he canoes or kayaks uh, twice a week and he can do like 15 pull ups. Yeah, and he does all plant-based. Yeah, it's, it's I read an article on. about him a number of years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. stunning. What didn't stunning? What didn't stun me about him? Uh, the, the plant-based wasn't the thing that got me. What got me was that's a lot of pounding. Like that's why I stopped running in, a number of years ago. I was just losing all the discs in the bottom of my yeah. vertebrae. I stopped playing basketball. A lot yeah. of pounding. So I look at you and the gentleman you mentioned who's a hundred. I'm going. Man, you just got to have superhuman discs in your back and your cartilage. You're you're not experiencing any breakdown in those areas. No, in That's fact, I, I broke my neck in 2004 in a bad car wreck, and uh, I have zero discomfort, like wow. zero. But it's it's really a whole whole like a variety of things that that are influential, like uh, in terms of that. And I think what you're doing is really smart. Like it's better for you to like hike or find something active that you you know that is going to work for you that you have fun with, and it's going to be it's not like battering you, you know. So that's really important. Well, I think I have a similar muscle type to you in that. When I was doing sports as a kid, I was I was never the fastest, never ever ever. But man, when it came to doing gassers at the end of practice, I was always in the top because I'm endurance wise, I'm really really good. But bursts, I'm not that good. So I've been attracted to doing the long distance thing, 
and I always had a always had a goal of doing a marathon. But then when I saw my discs degenerating, I was like, all right, I'm have to give up on that goal. That's a bummer. That's the first time in my life I've aged out on something. And that was a number of years ago. But then this last year, I did a um, I did a ruck challenge, which was well, it was 27 miles and carrying. I don't know what I had on my on my back. Probably a total of thirty five pounds with plates and waters and all kind of stuff. And, yeah. and it was cool. I, 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 glad I did it, but not saying I'm going to do it again. You know, that is that's impressive. And you didn't? Did you feel a little bit of no, it? No, no, no. The only place I felt it, my body was uh, the bottom of my feet. That's they were just amazing. tore up. That that actually says a lot. Like if you could do that, then and how far did you go? 27 miles. Well, you did a marathon. I know. That's why so I said. That's the reason I did it. I was just going, and, and let me just only, check that box. Right, that was my only, marathon. You didn't only do it, but you did it with carrying a big backpack. That, that's like, uh, yeah, if you do that, you, you, yeah. But that's, that's the a, thing with rucking, though. You can walk carrying weight, and that's way less impact than the, you know, than the, than the pounding like this. It, it really depends. You're right in, in some ways because uh, being on a trail is a little softer than concrete, like for your body. Oh, that's, the that's trail true. That maybe. Yeah, the trail has made a difference. But like carrying all that weight, actually, if you could do that, like that, that opened up a, a whole lot of doors for you because like if you can do that, that, that says a lot about what you could do, actually, if you had the right principles working for you. It was about a week after that that I was... Um, Driving down in Tennessee, my truck broke down. I could see what it was. It was a radiator hose that had burst, and I needed to get someplace, get a radiator hose, and get some radiator fluid. So I thought, I just need to get to the nearest place, and then I'll bum a ride back. It's, I'm on, it's literally on the highway, right? So I look at my phone and find out where it is, and it was, what was it? It was, uh, I'm going to say, four miles away. I'm going... I've been training for this ruck thing. I just did 16 miles on one of my training things. Like, four miles, no problem. Let's just run it. So I ran it. I, I got there fine. It was no problem. I got there fine. Got a ride back. Everything worked out okay. But I'll tell you what, man. Next few days, I was dying. Because yeah. it's different. It's just it different. different. I don't know if it's totally. different muscles or speed. or I, Dude, it's a <laughs> I was concrete. not well. Yeah, it's concrete. A, it's you think that's what it was with the concrete. It is. It's like you got uh, to kind of gradually train yourself to condition yourself to being comfortable in that. Like, uh, otherwise, it puts a lot of pounding on your body. But your body can adapt. Yeah, it's, that's a remarkable thing about us is that we have these... You know, adaptable machines that will like respond to like what you put into right. that your mind and what you put out there, like it 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 will respond. So I mean, it, what I've created like over this twenty five years uh, is it, it is like the uh, construction of like what I had in my mind and like just it, it's in, it's it's just wild like what you can do if you it, it, I, i'm not genetically gifted in any means and i promise you i'm not but what you put into your body and what you put out your out like uh in terms of like your training it, it has an incredible amount of impact just incredible today's podcast is brought to you by athletic greens it's a product I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I don't watch my diet too closely, but I know that I'm getting all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients I can, as well as hydrating with 12 ounces of water right off the bat at the beginning of the day. One scoop of AG1 has got 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and it doesn't taste like it. It actually tastes great. AG1 is a micro habit with big benefits. For less than $3 a day, you can take care of your health and invest in your future. It's recommended by professional athletes, health experts, and me. <laughs> to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So go get you some and let's get back to the show. So you're you're kind of a big deal. You are a big deal. You're a big deal in the ultra ultra marathon, ultra running world. 
and there's a lot of articles and interviews out there, and we've pulled some of your, your favorite quotes, or actually our favorite quotes, and I'm hoping you just unpack them for us a little bit. You're, you're, you're going to be our motivational guru here today because maybe, maybe not many of us are going to be motivated to do ultra marathons or marathons, but I think these quotes are really strong and, and implied to a lot of stuff in life. So here we go. Here's one. Start with your why. What do you mean by that? Why? Yeah. It, so it, it's so important in life, like uh, to find your conviction, like what it is that drives you, your purpose for doing it. Like if if you don't, if you do have that why, it can move you in ways that you you can't even just quite just imagine. Uh, so the why for ultra marathoning for you is what? I have to write a why statement on each of my A races. So it changes. Yeah, but uh, it, it it does change. Sometimes it, it could be like, well, I want to uh, have a positive influence with my students. Like, So I, I want to come back and share this experience. And like I want to show to them that it's possible to do something that seems outrageous. So, for example, with Big's Backyard, like that, that was a world championship race. It was, uh, it's like a last standing event, last standing person event. So each lap you must do 4.167 miles and you keep doing that every hour on the hour. After uh, a day, you get 100 miles. Two days, you're at 200 miles. And you just keep going until finally everyone else gives up. And it was in my mind that I was going to be the last person. You know, I was just going to go until everyone else gave up. And so uh, I had written down many why statements, and some are personal. One of them was uh, to like come back and share that with my students and and show them like, look, if you want it bad enough, uh, you can do it. Also, just go after it. The why. So I shouldn't do a marathon just because it's a goal of mine, unless maybe the why statement is I want to fulfill goals that I have. So have a specific why statement, not just this is good for me. I should do this. Yeah. 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 Like uh, sometimes we do things for raising money for charities. Like uh, that's another nice one. Uh, So uh, I went for the record from like uh, the lowest to highest point in our nation um, over the pandemic. And uh, there were no races happening. So I was like, well, at least I'm going to come up with this. We did it for City Gospel Mission. And like, uh, you know, I I started this event like out in Death Valley and it was in August. And at the start, like we had already exceeded what our goal was. And then like hearing uh, how we were raising more money, like that really motivated me to, to not give up and to try harder. So I had a why. Here's another one. Someone asked you if you like the exhaustion of ultra running, and you say, quote, yeah, I really do. It's like the buffet always tastes amazing after you've been in the wilderness camping for a week. It's like having some level of lows creates even larger highs. Blow that out for us. Yeah, so a Coca-Cola never tastes so good. It's like at the end of one of these events. Wait a I mean, minute. Coca-Cola Coca doesn't come out of the ground? Right. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not it's a plant-based pretty, diet. Oh, it's pretty Hypocrites. good. <laughs> well, that sugar is pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest drinking that all the time. But after a race or during the race, when you're running that far, it's like jet fuel. It's pretty good to have. Uh, it, it, it just means that, you know, really like in in life, like experiencing uh, the, these events that, that kind of push you and you, you could find other things. You don't have to do an ultra marathon to do that, but, but finding things that, that challenge you and push you, it makes you appreciate the rest of life even greater. You also say this last one. I just learned really with everything. It's a matter of how much pressure or effort you're willing to give to make it happen. This is why I think what I'm, I'm drawn to what you're doing. I'm just thinking if you're dealing with that level of pressure and that level of discomfort, it's got to translate over into other areas of life. Yes? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I, I don't think about much, uh, but I, I, it, I'm patient. You know, like, I, I mean, I think that's kind of teacher. So I've learned a lot being a teacher. It's helped me to be a better mm-hmm. ultra marathoner, a better partner, and a better friend, uh, a better son. I, I'm patient. And with being successful in these races, you have to be extremely patient. 
So for example, the 24 hour race, uh, this is a race uh, I've, I've, you know, gone from running, you know, 82 miles up to running over 160 miles. And you have to be patient with your pacing. Like uh, in the start of one of those races, I may be like in seventh or eighth place, but uh, in, in the national championship, I went from like seventh or eighth place up to the finishing first. And it was because I was patient, like the, the turtle story, right. <laughs> the, yeah, the, turtle, right. the turtle wins the race. So it, patience is important. We're going to do the lightning round. This is when I give you a topic and you like, like real fast, give me a real quick answer. Can you do it? I hope so. All right, here we go. Favorite place to run, Harvey? Death Valley. All right, let's just stop right there. <laughs> Are you crazy? What, the, what? 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 What about Death Valley? First of all, it's associated with death. Secondly, it's in a valley. What about that makes it your favorite place? Yeah, it's just something spiritual about the place. Oh. It, it really, uh, it really is something special, and I, I don't know, like that, it's something that's inspired people for millennia. You know, so in, in that place, you can look out and see for 50 miles, and and it's just, uh, it, it's it it has a special feel to it. Uh, it draws me in, and I I go back there every year for an annual pilgrimage. Oh, you do? Yeah. That's cool. Grand Canyon is like that for me. I get the Grand Canyon more than any other place in the country. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. I'm going to be going out there in actually a few weeks. Look forward to it. That's nice. All right. Let's All go right, back to nice. the lightning. Yeah. Thing that gets you moving on days when you'd rather stay in bed? Uh, probably my students. Yeah. Or or my my principal. Miss <laughs> Brown is waiting at the top of the stairs. Where are you, Mr. Lewis? Yeah. Advice for first-time runners: Just have fun. Like uh, you know, get out there. Whether you're hiking, you're gardening, you're you're biking, find something you enjoy and and make it a routine. Like it's really powerful. Most aggressive move you're making right now? I'm trying to finish a Barkley Marathon, and uh, there's only been 15 people have done it. And basically, I'm working on skills that I have very poor skill level at. All right. Let's pause the lightning round. Let's go, go to that one a little bit. Yeah. So you're assuming you're going to be invited back again? I hope so. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're yeah. those 40 you're right. dudes. Yeah. I, I, I would probably have to win the, the next uh, Backyard Ultra in, in uh, Tennessee in October uh, to guarantee it. Uh, but... Uh, I think I might have a shot to get back there, but my skill level when it comes to navigating is is still pretty lousy. <laughs> it's not bad, like relative to the, but in terms of what I need to have for for that race, and also my ability for like running down steep hills, it's like it's kind of crazy. Like you just have to run really fast down like areas that have no trail and just be fine with just crashing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working on that downhill running. The Barkley thing, I thought that was just a really weird, quirky thing. But if a guy like you wants to go back at it again, it's it's got to be a top level thing for people in your in your line of work. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's people from Japan, from France, from all over the world that aspire to do this race as like the pinnacle of their running career. Wow. Yeah. Music when you run, what do you listen to? I love soundtracks. Like uh, I, I do like the old classic, like uh, Rocky style music, but I also like things from like Lord of the Rings and uh, music that that kind of like really crescendos and, and like hits you. Uh, it, it, it inspires me. Yeah, when well, I'm that's out cool. there. Yeah, I never thought about that. That would be a great uh, workout track. It is. It definitely inspires me. Harvey, anything you want to talk about that I'm not asking you about? I would just say to people, like, you know, whatever it is that 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 it, that, that you kind of want to maybe pursue, like, go after it. You know, I, I almost died in a car wreck back in uh, 2004. And when I got out of the car, uh, I climbed out of the car. It had flipped over. I was avoiding another car that had spun out in front of me on the 4th of July. And I, when I was flipping over in that car, I thought, man, this this might be it. I may be dead. Uh, cause, and I wasn't planning to die today. So when I climbed out of that car, 
oh, I was just like, wow, man, I cannot believe I, I survived that. Like, I tried to break the glass, uh, and I couldn't kick it out. Um, I ended up, like, crawling out the back of the car through the glass. And I just, like, when I when I got out of the car, I felt like, wow, I, I felt like a I mean, if you want to make it, being a billionaire is not that. But I was like, I felt like a, I had everything in the world I ever needed, uh, and I just felt grateful to be alive. So I was like, you know, you got you got to take advantage of of what you have, and I sometimes forget that. So I mean, there's there's days and weeks where I forget, you know, that experience, uh, or I maybe like neglect that. But it just uh, thinking about. You know, we, we have this special moment and we oftentimes uh, it can be we can take that for granted. But uh, just finding what it is that we really want to make on this planet uh, important to us is is a powerful thing for all of us. Harvey, you've got a you've got a great demeanor about you, man. Thanks, man. Uh, you have a, you have a fantastic countenance like you're very you're very light. And uh, and I I could just sense it for the first moment I saw you and just how you've talked today. You've been a, you've been a really good dude to be with for an hour, and uh, I love what God's doing in your life. It's really good Thank stuff, you, man. man. I appreciate that very much. And I thought that was my last question, but it isn't. I'm looking down at you. I'm looking down your uh, your wrist, your your forearm. You got a lot of cuts on there. I, What's, I know. I look a little ridiculous Is that from the right Barkley still? Or what well, was that from? I, I did get a lot of, um, beat up from the Barkley. I still have some stuff on my knuckles. Um, but that's actually from this last weekend experimenting with this race I've never done before. It's a Rogaine 24-hour race where you basically like navigating through the woods in Tennessee. Or not Tennessee, but this one was in Indiana. The Rogaine race. So you're navigating yeah. through woods while you try to take while drugs you, for your hair. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, because I had never heard of this, and that's the first thing I thought of, too. So they have this entire, like, uh, subculture. It's like an entire sport of orienteering. In fact, there's an orienteering in Cincinnati, and it's really quite fun. Like you, it, it, And I think you actually would really love it, because it really involves your mind even more, as well as your body, because you have to, like, hike or run to these flags that are, st- like, out there on based on your map and so you're using a compass and a map and you're finding your way and you have to use like look at the uh swiggly lines the uh topographical like characteristics Mm. in order to help yourself navigate and the reason i'm doing this we uh my my teammate and i we came in second and uh he's a lot better racer than i was at this he knows how to navigate but uh the reason i'm doing this is solely to build skills for barkley so I can go back there and have a shot to possibly Great. finish it, which I know it sounds ridiculous, but no, it doesn't sound ridiculous at all. It sounds a little ridiculous for people watching that, but it's, I think it's part well, of the why, attraction. Why, why, why of do the, you think that sounds ridiculous? Well, I think that sounds inspiring. It, it, it's, it, it's, it, I mean, it, it's just that the the probability, even if I put all these skills together of me finishing Barkley, may still be only like two or three percent. Which is that sounds yeah, but nice, dude, you're you're but, going after a yeah. dream. You're yeah, prepping yeah, for yeah, a dream. Yeah, 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 How yeah. many of us are just tied into one foot in front of the other, monotony every day? The fact you're going, oh, I got a goal I'm working towards. That's pretty sexy. Hey, thank you. I, I'm I'm still trying. So, uh, you know, it, one of the things that Laz says is like, uh, you know, the 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 Barkley will go on next year. The the humans will be back because we never give up. So I mean, it's. Uh, but, you know, these are kind of like uh, small um, worldly things right now. Like, uh, you know, one of the things that's really also on my mind now is really like uh, my friend Igor, who's in Ukraine. So he lives in Kiev, and he actually was a runner that finished second in Badwater this past, past year. And uh, we, we had a really strong experience. Um, actually, he led the race all the way up until mile 108. And then when we hit mile 108, we actually, it was incredible. We, we actually like were very sportsmanlike. He embraced and like, he, he's like, because uh, I had caught up to him and he was kind of fading, but he's like, go get it. And he was just really positive, he and his teammate. And, and um, after that experience, we've, we've kept in touch. So it's been challenging to hear about, you know, what he's going through as a, as a civilian. He's, he's been so brave, uh, just like, defending his city like i mean he said uh everything he he sends back is just 
such courageous words. So it's it's hard to so imagine. He's one of the guys who just got in line, got a gun, and started firing at Russians. Uh, absolutely, he's, yeah. He's like uh, out there, and, and it's like uh, you know that's not what he does for you know his profession, but he is he is one hundred percent committed to uh, protecting uh, his city in Ukraine. And uh, just, uh, you know, we exchange messages usually about once a week. I'll send him like something like, like today I took a picture of the Reds parade and that we had like people with Ukrainian flags walking and that was really nice. So I'll send him something like that. And then that just kind of like getting that little message while he's in the, it's very, yeah, he doesn't let me know how challenging it is, but I can only imagine how challenging it is having like bombs flying over your head. You know, it's like, so, you know, all this stuff here seems very like, yeah, you know, it's uh, what we're doing, but it's, uh, you know, like thinking about what, what their experience over there is like a, a, a really serious like thing for, for, for not only Ukraine, but the whole world. Yes, true. Harvey, anything you want to do to advertise yourself? Anything, if someone wants to follow up with you, read anything about you, follow you anywhere, do you do that kind of thing? Well, yeah, I, I'm on social media, so if it, it, you know, I'd love to have people follow the adventures or join in, in on on uh, opportunities. It's at Harvey Lewis Ultra Runner on Facebook and Instagram, and Harvey Lewis runs on Twitter. And thank you so much for your time, like in, in doing the interview and all the kind things you said. I, I really appreciate it. It's great to work. That's what I in said. The same city. That's what I said. You're just a good dude, man. You. A, you have a you have a sense Thanks. of levitivity, levity and positivity, and it's a great about you you shouldn't be thanking me i'm thanking you that you came in here and gave us a great podcast so way to go brother thank you very much i appreciate it all right hey you know you may not start doing marathons tomorrow but you know what you can do you can start something yes you can you can start something you might not finish a barkley ever in your life but you know what you can do you can finish what you're in right now yes you can what is that you need to finish the sales call. You need to finish your marriage. End it well. Over a 50-year time span, you need, to, you need to finish the discipline with your kids. You need, to, you need to finish the goal that you set on January 1st. Even if you've stopped it, get back in it. Man, finish. Put one foot in front of the other. I'm inspired by Harvey. I feel like a little bit of a girly man here right now, <laughs> given, uh, given the stuff he's doing. But let's take this as fuel and let's live the aggressive life that God has for you. Not Harvey's, not mine, for you. And we'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram, at Brian Tome. The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.